Hey, welcome once again. This is Elle at Iron Dove. Dialogue is the key to reform. Access is the key to dialogue at Iron Dove. You can find both. Come on down, talk it up, and let's see what we can figure out. On January 13th, the United States sent predator drones into tribal region of northwest Pakistan, the Bajar region. They were aiming to kill Ayman al-Zwahiri and hopefully Osama bin Laden. In the process, they killed many innocent civilians. Predator drones, global hawks, X-45 prototypes, unmanned, ultra-high-tech remote-controlled devices that can send pictures back to Langley, Virginia, and also drop bombs. Pictured here is a prototype which can drop a 250-pound satellite-guided small-diameter bomb. These are the types of weapons used in the January 13th incident in Pakistan. The United States had under surveillance a number of al-Qaeda members who have been hiding out in what they did was they had them under surveillance. They determined that possibly al-Zwahiri, the second-in-command in al-Qaeda's network, and other top officials were going to be meeting in the area. They had some very concrete information to this effect, and they decided it was a great opportunity to take them out. Taking them out means there's no trial, there's no law, there's no legal recourse of any kind. They are just targeting them for assassination. Okay, um, you know, that's one way to deal with people that are behaving badly. However, when they dropped this guided bomb on this village, they killed as many as 17, 18 civilians, which they call, quote, collateral damage. You know, the DOD, they have this way, this antiseptic way of discussing casualties. The KIAs, their WRTDs, their MIAs, their collateral damage. They're not people. They're just uh, acronyms. 17, 18 people were killed. Just people living in this town. Now, it begs a question. Who's behaving like a terrorist? I mean, it's great that you know where these people are. And it's unfortunate that the tribal people aren't willing to cooperate with the United States in bringing these people to a world court and trying them on their crimes against humanity. But that doesn't mean that you go around killing... Uh, more than a dozen innocent people because you think that they're somewhere. And they said they were hot on the trail. They knew they were there. They believed that they had killed at least one of the top leaders and, and possibly more. Uh, I don't quite know how any intelligent person can believe 
that by resorting to behavior that you term as terroristic, that you can possibly have any kind of firm ground to stand on if and when you finally ever do capture these people. Or maybe the intention is not to capture them. Maybe the intention is just to find them, go ring around the world, scouring the globe to murder them. Does that make you any better than they? Now, recently I read that, uh, that Osama bin Laden had offered the United States a truce and, uh, and Dick Cheney and in his infinite wisdom said, we don't negotiate with terrorists. And yet the United States behaving like a terrorist nation expects everyone to negotiate with them. Now, I think when you use strong arm tactics against countries smaller and weaker than yourself, you could be considered a bully. I don't know about a terrorist, but I'm sure, based on what I read, that there are many countries that believe that the United States is behaving like a terrorist. And not the least of which are many of the South American countries that, uh, that we've strong-armed for such a long time. So CNN reported on the 20th of January that J.D. Crouch, Bush's deputy national security advisor, said the message that was sent, this request for a truce, by Osama bin Laden was a very strong reminder that al-Qaeda is continuing to plot against the United States. And blah, blah, blah. And then he goes on to say, our job is to try to put terrorists out of business, try to keep them from hurting Americans and hurting our friends and allies around the world. And that's a good thing. It's interesting, actually, because if you continue reading about the text of Osama bin Laden's tape, he offers a interesting perspective. He says, Polls in the U.S. indicate that Americans do not want to fight Muslims on Muslim land, nor do they want Muslims to fight them on their land. And he goes on, blah, 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 we can maybe have a truce. And he said, there is no problem to the solution, but it will prevent hundreds of billions from going to influential people and warlords in America. Those who supported Bush's electoral campaign. And from this, we can understand Bush and his gang's insistence on continuing the war. I have to say that I sometimes wonder about Bush and his gang myself. The gap between the haves and the have-nots widens and widens and widens. The gap between the government and the governed widens and widens and widens. You know, when we had the situation where ExxonMobil posted outrageous, unprecedented quarterly profits when Americans were scrimping and saving under oppressive gas prices. Those in leadership did nothing. They didn't say, you know what? You guys made so much money and it was obvious that you were price gouging. There's a windfall profit tax. 
Some of that has to go back to the people. Some of that has to go back into social programs. Some of that could have gone into the Social Security mess. And yet, George W. and his oil gang friends all made out like bandits. Billions. With a B. Billions. Off the backs of hardworking people. It makes you wonder a little. It really makes you wonder. Anyway, I thought it was kind of an interesting thing. And, uh, of course, the president of Pakistan was horrified and said this better not happen again. He was furious. It makes you wonder. It, may, it really makes you wonder. We are a country that was built on the law. The law. Our Constitution is legal. There are more lawyers in this country probably than any other profession, 570,000 or something. Most people in our government are attorneys. Most of the congressmen, most of the senators, attorneys. How is it that we can turn a blind eye like that? How is it that under this, this umbrella of we're at war. We're not getting all the information. I think that's really apparent. I think we're not getting all the information. And I think that a lot of what we're not getting is the rationale behind some of the decisions. We all know that there are alternatives to our fuel requirements. Our government who is supposed to be representing our best interests is not even coming close to spending the time or the money required to develop these alternative fuel sources. We talked about this before. The, the, the numbers are crazy. We go back and listen to the podcast about ethanol. We're spending $3 billion on, on energy and 460 something billion dollars on military. Does that make any sense at all? We got the coolest, most high-tech, super ultra, wow, zing, bang, unmanned fighting machines though. Very slick, very cool. And I guess in a way, at least there aren't people in those but the problem is they're dropping bombs on people who are below them, murdering innocent people while trying to bring murderers to justice. Just it, 18 dead to, to get one. Does that make us balanced? How many lives do you expend? How many lives do you, you know, when you see some of these towns, some of these provinces, there are these rural communities. People don't have a lot. <laughs> And then they're just destroyed, destroyed. They don't have the infrastructure. They don't have the, the, the government support or, or, or towns or anything to even rebuild these things, to rebuild their, their stuff. Thousands of people were, were protesting in, in Pakistan. I mean, they hate Americans. This administration is, is going around the world just pissing people off just behaving like tyrants and lunatics.
well, under this, you know, war on terror. Who was being a terrorist? Now look, you know what? I live in New York. I understand how painful the situation here was and continues to be. People I know, people I love are at risk all the time. I understand. Violence begets violence. Terror begets terror. Piggish, price gouging, money mongering, power mongering can bring no peace. And the more antiseptic you make these things, the more angry the rest of the world will become. It's one thing to go into battle and face your enemy and say, I don't agree with you. You've done whatever you've done face to face. You know, the samurai, they looked at each other in the face. They had codes of war, codes of conduct. It wasn't this crazy nonsense that goes on. You want to battle, George? Go find your world leader, get him in a ring and battle. Just you guys, the two of you. Who knows? Maybe Arnold will be next president. <laughs> no, I'm not funny. So, so forget that. But seriously, seriously. I, I mean, it's very cool. It's very ultra high tech. It's very whiz bang wow. But it is just over the top. And the price tag, we don't even want to know. Ah. <sighs> I will find out, though, because inquiring minds, of course, want to know. Dun, 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 dun. The price tag is... The cost is on a need-to-know basis, and we apparently don't need to know. Oh, wait, here. Finally, I found it. The unit cost of an MQ-1 Predator A air vehicle is roughly $4.5 million. Because of the success highlighted um, by its use in Afghanistan, Yemen, and Iraq, Predator and other unmanned aerial vehicles known as UAVs, the DOD projects it will invest $10 billion over the current decade, compared to about $3 billion it spent in the 90s. The Pentagon is counting on improved reliability, and the UAV roadmap predicts that in 2012, the DOD will probably be operating F-16 size UAVs capable of support, supporting a variety of combat and support missions, including the SEAD, which is electronic attack and possibly deep strike indication. Good heavens, these people spend an awful lot of time making up acronyms, don't they? Anyway, the whole thing's crazy. It's nutty and, um, I have no idea what to make of it, except that we're spending way too much money on killing people. When we should be thinking about how to 
take care of our social security system and things of that sort. So that's what I think. Let me know what you think. I'd really love to know. Till tomorrow, this is Ellen Iron Dove, signing out.